0: Welcome to ConExpo ConAg Radio, brought to you by the Association of Equipment Manufacturers, with your host Peggy Smedley.
1: This is ConExpo ConAg Radio, brought to you by the Association of Equipment Manufacturers. I'm your host Peggy Smedley. We have a great show in store for you today, and we are going to be talking all about paving. But first, we want to remind you to subscribe to our 365 e newsletter. This can help you stay up to date on the technology and trends impacting construction. The 365 e-newsletter covers topics such as fleet maintenance, earth moving, construction trends, and work zone safety. You can do that by visiting conexpoconagcom slash subscribe. On today's show, we will be talking all about the trends in paving. Concrete and asphalt continue to play key roles in the construction of roads. Concrete dates back to the late 1800s. On the first recorded use of asphalt as a road building material was in Babylon around 1615 BCE. Despite these early uses, several hundred years passed before European or American builders tried asphalt as a paving material. Today, it's used on the majority of paved roads in the United States. In addition, paving equipment has played a major role in the road and paving industry for decades. Now we are seeing the entire paving process change from the equipment to the materials to the technology. And we will continue to see so much of this covered on this podcast. Today, even drones and phones are beginning to play a greater role than ever before. There's a lot changing in terms of sustainability and the needs related to manpower on these types of projects. And we have a great guest with us here today who explains how it is all coming together at the job site. Please welcome Andrew Jeffries, Vice President of Construction at Kansas Asphalt Incorporated. Andy, welcome to the show.
0: Thanks for having me. I appreciate it.
1: So, Andy, we have a lot to talk about because I kind of gave like this short intro about the paving industry, but I would love for you to give me kind of this brief history of maybe modern paving because as we talk about it, there's been a lot that's changed from the beginning to where we are, I think, today.
0: Yeah, absolutely, 100%. And you know the first thing is you got to understand that there's two different types of pavement there's concrete that you talked about and there's asphalt um we do both of them um both have came a long way since you know the late 1800s early 1900s when uh the first roads were being paved in the America and you know today what we're finding is more technological advances to help us out um mainly in the heavy highway side and the commercial construction maintenance that we what we focus on um, the technology's there, but it doesn't, uh, it doesn't fit us as well as what it does the highway pavers. So we're really, uh, strapped with the manpower, as you talked about, and getting innovative in ways, um, to get the projects done for our customers on time and within budget.
1: So let's talk about that because that's an interesting thing when we talk about manpower and equipment and materials. Let's kind of evolve from some of that because I think if we talk about it, there's been an evolution, I think, of what we've seen Recently, from what we've seen in the past, from a decade ago to two decades ago, to maybe even 15 years ago, what would you say how the equipment is changing, how the people are changing? I mean, because our mindsets are changing with all of this, and, and, and mainly because we have to use new technologies and we have to use different things that you've just described. But let's start even just with the equipment. Let's begin there.
0: Yeah, so a thousand percent. You know, when I first got into this industry, well, I'm not really into. Kind of when I was in college, and I really started getting into it. Um, you know, we saw open cap skid loaders on our projects. Now that's a thing of the past. You know, you walk on our jobs, and everything's enclosed with air conditioning. Um, all of the all the controls and the skid loaders, and then the mills and pavers are almost like playing a video game. And I think whoever the engineers that thought up this stuff for Caterpillar and Vogela and and work in, and, and everybody out there really had the understanding that the the younger people that were going to be coming into this industry, that they needed to adapt and change with the joysticks and and the different type of pilot controls and et cetera. And, you know, over the last, I'd say, 15 years, that stuff's really changed to make it more operator-friendly. Um, operator fatigue is down um, compared to what it used to be. Um, so I think that has really hit home. It's helped us get some of these younger you know, generational kids to be able to get involved in the industry. Cause I mean, let's face it, some of this work is not the greatest work, um, to be a laborer, to be a guy on the back of a street or, or running a, running a, uh, running a, uh, Fresno or a trowel all day. So I think whoever has thought of that stuff has definitely made it a lot user friendly for us. And it's one, one definite key that we have to keep continuing, keeping our equipment in better shape and, and buying newer stuff just to, to keep up with the marketplace.
1: And that's an interesting point because we talk about it a lot of times that I think when you have new people, the younger people getting in and operating a a skid loader, operating a piece of equipment, it is very sophisticated and it is like operating a gaming system. How has that changed when you talk about from fifty years ago that piece of equipment? When it is there's air conditioning, they're they they have they have to operate a lot of things and they have to think about their surroundings now because there is so much equipment technology in there that when they're operating they've got to work around their surroundings there's a lot of things that they have to do now that they have to look at the components involved in that you know and and, and their operation is different than what we said 50 years ago in that piece of equipment so the yeah 100 percent.
0: and i think what it boils down to is, is what i've noticed is the old school operators are gone for the most part the guys that really were what i would call a true operator the technology has taken that part of the trade almost away from our industry which is kind of a bad thing because realistically you know you i look up to those guys that used to be able to sit on a blade know exactly what they had to do and didn't need the the geo topping and all that stuff and they could go in there just the old old school ways so it's kind of a disappointment because it is kind of a tradition i think that's being lost from that that thing but on the other hand it helps us as contractors be able to find people with maybe Less of a skill set for the construction industry and be able to integrate them into being an operator or whatever it may be. Well, here at Kansas Asphalt, we really feel that you got to learn how to do the basics on the ground. So we don't really bring anybody in and say, Hey, you're going to be a skid loader operator. We want them to, to, to learn how to, to be a rake man or be a, be a, be a guy, you know, pulling mud in the hole. So I think a lot of that is that these kids see that stuff and they want to get involved in it. But what we have to do. As trainers say, hey, listen, you're going to spend a year or two learning how to do these basic things of making a header or or bumping an edge or whatever it may be before you get into that position to understand how a parking lot or a road is paved and how you pour something out or how you tear something out to understand the, the fundamentals. because." If they don't understand that, then our safety is still an issue on the job site. So there's a lot of that stuff that technology is great, and we really like to throw people into it. But there is that caution thing of, hey, listen, we got to train these people correctly to use this machinery, and starting from the ground up is is the best way to do it, in my opinion.
1: And and but that's important because you're when you just talked about that because there's so much they have to learn from the gradient and slopes and all those things that you just decided talked about because. We have so much happening on roads right now. I mean, because we're talking about it's not just putting in the newest of roads. It's actually, you know, doing a lot of repairs to roads today's right? I mean, isn't that? And that's where a lot of what you're describing comes into play, where you have these new workers coming in, right?
0: Absolutely, 100%. Yeah, I mean... Any of that patch repair stuff that you know we mainly focus on, and even realistically in the parking lot sense that we do with a lot of the ADA work that we deal with, has to do with the two percent under slopes in the parking area and the ramps and so on and so forth. That you got to understand the basics of what you're doing before you can just turn somebody loose on a on a piece.
1: And the interesting thing where you just described that too, though, is when you have these new workers that you're teaching them, these things, they then become very skilled at what they're doing. I mean, you're saying some of the the older, more seasoned workers that are no longer there, but now you have these younger ones that come in. Once they learn how to use this equipment and get out there, I mean, they're actually learning a really incredible skill, right?
0: Yeah, 100%. And that becomes where it's, really hard in today's industry on employee retention because the way the job market is across the board, you know, people don't stay in their jobs 10, 15, 20 years. So you train these guys and you hope, you know, you're going to get a season or two or three before they just move. And that's just kind of the younger generation, realistically my generation and below me, that they don't like to be in a stagnant workplace. So it is one of those things where you constantly have to be looking at, hey, how do we make this guy move or incentivize him and maybe not monetarily, but move him from, you know, the milling crew over to the asphalt crew or whatever it may be and cross-train them. Um, so, you know, we've got some guys that got picked out of our company and moved out to other companies for more money or whatever it be. But that that's part of the game, you know. The the biggest thing of teaching and learning is is really, really important in today's contracting world.
1: Is there a lot when you look at what's happening in the contracting world? Is it more about trying to maintain the workers and trying to incentivize them? Or is it a lot of things that are happening because the changing of materials, because you've seen a lot of the materials change and evolved in the past 50 years, even 15 years. I mean, is it, is it, you're kind of having to juggle both of those right now? Oh,
0: 100% too. And, you know, we just don't sit in Kansas City and pay, you know, we're, we're nationwide and we self-perform, you know, all over the place. So. It's, it's a, it's a regional problem, you know, um, depending on what the aggregate, uh, source is. You know, for instance, I did a job in Western Nebraska three years ago where we were running a, uh, state DOT mix that had 50% recycle and it had an additive in it that, uh, was great underneath the screed, but if the, if the mix did not pass underneath the screed, the, the additive, uh, chemical did not, uh, gained viscosity and it what happened was basically you couldn't you couldn't use it with a rake and it would just ball up and was horrible handwork great underneath the screed. So it's it's one of those things where you have to understand that the different types of paving that you may be doing and same thing goes with concrete and the materials. They might fit one thing but not another thing. So I don't even know if it's so much fighting the materials. It's fighting to educate the customers and the engineers of, hey, here's the reason why you don't want to use this material in this instance. So it's kind of a, it is a two-way battle there to under, to have your guys understand that, hey, listen, this material is going to be tough to work with and I understand that it's not going to be your best looking product and we, we, we can talk to the engineer what, why that is or, or the, or the customer at the end of the day. But yeah, I mean, a lot of that has to do with the material and, you know, material shortages and wrap and there's a million different uh, players that come into that.
1: Well, talk to us about that for a minute, because help me understand, you know, asphalt versus concrete. Is one changing faster than the other? Because I assume in certain areas you have to use one more than another. I Talk to us a little bit about that.
0: You know, I think what's changed the biggest part with the concrete and asphalt, if you want to look at the two, uh, is concrete's done a really, 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 really good job of marketing itself to the consumers um, from the DOT level all the way to the customer parking lot so i think that's where the difference is, is that concrete has definitely gone and marked itself a lot better in the marketplace changes in in material i think you first have to look at your aggregate you know the aggregates we're using nowadays are definitely for the most regionally this is speaking are not as good as what, what they were 30 40 50 60 years ago um you know environmental constraints uh ledges that we're getting into aren't as aren't as great as what they were and then the recycle portion of it on the asphalt, you know, people are trying to take that AC content off the wrap and really use that back in their mixes, which doesn't apply in concrete. They're not getting, you know, they're not using crushed concrete or really any recycled aggregate for what I know of in, in uh, concrete mix designs as of yet. Um, I could be wrong about that, but I haven't seen that. But realistically, the wrap and the asphalt is, is, is really the key indicator of what we see going up, 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 up when wrap was first introduced 10 20 was kind of the the going thing now we're every day we're laying mixes with 35 40 45 percent wrap um so environmentally it's great um whether it's structurally better on the asphalt that's uh, kind of a, a hodgepodge i think it, it makes it a little bit stiffer in the long run um, workability is kind of questioned and then uh just the key the the, the the qc part of it of really knowing what you're getting out of the uh Out of the wrap in regards to the oil content and where it came from, and so on and so forth, also make definitely makes a uh, makes it an issue.
1: So now we have a lot of roads, as you're describing, that are asphalt. Then you do a lot of recyclability with what you're doing with it, right?
0: Correct. Yeah. About I'd say 90 percent of our stuff, maybe more than that, goes back to the asphalt plant as a wrap type material. So we are not dumping. Very much of our asphalt. I mean, really, the only time that we dump it is if it's really contaminated with mud or or some other foreign foreign uh, substance. But, I mean, and if we can't, a lot of times if we can't, if it's bad and the the asphalt plant doesn't want to use it, we'll take it, we'll put it on residential driveways or people that want to use it for fill because it's great for, for that sort of stuff. So we try to put everything that we're tearing out into some sort of recycling facility, whether it's asphalt or even crushed concrete.
1: So when you look at all of this right now, you're looking at the recyclability. Talk about sustainability. You know, how, how can asphalt paving contribute to all this? Cause we talk about sustainability a lot. Is there a lot of benefit there? I mean, is that what we're talking about now going forward? I mean, because we're talking about now the old school operator is changing or retiring. Now we've got young workers. Is there a lot of education here? Because now we're talking about a society that is in sustainability. You know, and we have a younger generation that cares about a lot of this stuff. So is there an opportunity here to really be talking about some of that?
0: Yeah, I mean, I definitely think asphalt is going to be helpless from the sustainability of the infrastructure. Obviously, it can't be used in every single piece of roadway or bridge or whatever it may be. But, you know, from maintenance, repair, cost, cost life cycle, you know, there's not much with concrete. When concrete goes, concrete goes. You're ripping it all out. You know, with asphalt, you're doing, you know, Surface treatments or cut and patch or mill and overlay. Um, so I think that's sort the sustainability, it really, really is going to play, play a long part in the, in the, um, in the industry.
1: When you look all of this right now, I think technology, as you just described, has changed and the skill set is all changing with all of this. Are there other technologies that come into play? I mean, are you using other types of? I guess I would say drones and other things that you're finding that are helping at the job site that are, are exciting for the next generation to say, look, this is a field I want to get. And I know you talked about the, the turnover, but are there other things that are coming into play that make this technology worth exist exciting and evaluating right now?
0: Yeah, I definitely say, you know, the drones, Google Earth, um, you know, there's a bunch of different programs, go iPave, um have have helped on the bidding side and have helped um us be able to turn stuff faster. Um also helps clients be able to see what their real problems are with their parking lots or their road or whatever it may be. Um you know so yeah I definitely say you know, everything that we do nowadays has a before and after picture. A lot of times we're not even visiting sites, you know, people are sending us pictures of stuff. We're doing aerial takeoffs of it. We can get grades and elevations off of their property lines. So it's, it's really cool. You know, there's, there's a bunch of people that have done, uh, drone, uh, stuff while they're paving before, after, during. We use it, you know, as kind of a teaching point that we can sit down and, and show, show guys, hey, listen, you know, when you're paving this parking lot, this guy did this wrong or this guy did this wrong. And you can stop in, in live action on, on a TV and say, explain it to them instead of doing it, you know, behind a hot screen on a 110 degree day where you're trying to get stuff done. You can actually get in more of a classroom environment where it's real world, real time. And make it a lot clearer for people. So it's definitely helped. It's helped on the communication from the office to the field and vice versa. It's helped with the communication of the, for, with the customer, you know, just being able to say, Hey, listen, this is what you're looking at. So you can, so they can both, both see it. Cause we deal with people that, you know, are in Chicago. We're in Kansas City and we're looking at a, at a, at a project that's 10 miles away from our office and they can't see it. Well, you know, you do the pictures, you do an aerial or whatever it might be. A lot of those deliverables that are, are are tangible are really, really nice for them to be able to understand what's going on and what you're looking at, which we didn't have, you know, 15, 20 years ago.
1: When we look at all this now, and I think it's exciting that we we've kind of talked about, we've seen the equipment changing, we're seeing the materials changing, we're seeing recyclability, sustainability, you're talking about overall, you know, the ability of using drones, we're seeing the manpower shifts. When you look at all of this going forward, what do you see? We've seen this dramatic change from the last couple of decades. When you look forward and you see what's happening when you're talking about asphalt or concrete, what do you think? And we're even seeing the types of concrete we're putting down and and asphalt putting down, the materials in that changing. What do you actually see going to self-healing kind of things? What do you actually see is going to happen?
0: Well, I think two things. I think the manpower issue is going to shift because, as you see, the increasing price of uh, colleges and universities, kids are not going to be going to four-year universities that are that are going to come out and that have a twenty-five or thirty thousand a year uh, job salary-wise and have you know two hundred fifty thousand dollars of student debt. I think that's one thing that it's going to switch from what it is right now to more people coming out into the trade business. Um, So that's one thing I definitely see. The second part of it is, you know, how much hard surface are we going to have in 30 years? With the invention of the drones that's delivering stuff from Amazon to your front door, from you not going to the Target, the Home Depot, the shopping mall to go physically shop anymore, how is that going to affect, you know, our business with less hard surface, you know, having to be maintained? And you can see Toys R Us and you know, J C Penney's or Sears or any of these brick and mortar type places that are struggling to keep their retail prices up, um, that you can definitely say what is really gonna be the need for hard servicing in twenty, thirty, forty, fifty years from now. Um that's what a lot of people have, have been talking about is that there's not gonna be such of a need for you know, the hard servicing within the cities and that sort of stuff, only major transportation routes and so on and so forth. So they're they're worried about a limited um market where you're not gonna have as much asphalt and concrete going down or being maintained. So that's kind of the two variables that I look at long term. Um realistically that there will always be asphalt and concrete, whether how much I I think it, it I think there will always be places for people to go shop because I think people like to get out and go do things. I don't think Amazon will rule the entire world. Could be wrong about it. But I think those are the two things that I kind of every day look at it in the next 20, 30 years within my career. What what is, are those two shifts going to be?
1: So that shift from rural to urbanization kind of things that you're talking about and things like that, so the size of parking lots and what will happen, that big shift as well, some of those things that you're talking about, the way we're you're seeing the transition?
0: Yes, exactly.
1: And then the workforce itself, you know, in trying to get students to see the excitement because they don't want to go to a four-year school, is the opportunity then there for the construction industry to get? Because right now we're talking about losing the the workforce, right? We're not getting them interested. This is the time to get the construction industry to get them excited about the field here?
0: Yeah, a 100%. I mean, if you look at any type of job postings from any, any company, you will see where every person is looking for a, a foreman or a labor or whatever. And that's up, down, sideways. I mean, the, the industry right now is booming and there's a work shortage. And I think there's a, there's a work shortage for everybody out there finding workers. But, you know, I think you can take a, a young, young kid, you know, 22, 23, 24 and get him a, get him a good paying job and be, way ahead of what they would be if they went to a four-year school and got a general degree. So I, that's what we're that's what we look for every day. We look for those 20 to, you know, actually 18 to 24-year-old kids that want to go out and want to work and want to earn. Um they're there, but you have to go through a lot of them um to to find the ones that that will stick with it cuz it's not for everybody. We understand that. So but yeah, I, I definitely think there's going to be more of an influx of us getting people that are going to be wanting to work outside um, and do some of that stuff.
1: Do you think that companies like yourself are going to have to do a lot more things to incentivize like what you're saying now to move them around? I mean a lot of them when they're coming out of college aren't necessarily going to transportation positions when they have civil engineering jobs they're actually going to Uber or Google. Same thing what you're saying, you know, to to incentivize some of these, you know, high school graduates that you might want, you guys are going to have to do some things to incentivize them to want to stay in the position and not job hop.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, you know, we always try to hire with, from within, you know, and promote from within. Um so it's one of those deals where that you definitely have to keep your, keep your hand on the pulse of what's going on out in the field with your workers and try to keep the morale up and all that stuff. But you definitely need to make sure that people that are doing the right things are moved and, and challenged and pushed. Um 'cause cause a lot of people just don't like coming in and putting their 10 or 12 hours a day in, day in after day and, and think that they're at a dead end job when Realistically they're they're not. There's the, the sky's sky's the limit with us, is the way I look at it. And you know, we've had kids that started with absolutely zero, per, zero uh experience and three years down the road they're running they're forming on a concrete crew because we gave them the opportunity to. So I think that's a lot of it is just making sure you understand what's going on out in the field with your workers every day.
1: Well, Andy, I really appreciate the time you spent with us today. There was a lot of great information and, and it's exciting to hear what you guys are doing at KAI.
0: Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you for your time.
1: All right. Well, Andy Jeffries, he's the vice president of Kansas Asphalt Incorporated. We appreciate all the time that you spent with us today. And, you know, from equipment, you think about it to materials, to technology. You know, the business of paving, I think, is really changing. And I think what's not only paving changing in the paving side of it, but also the opportunities for the workforce. And hopefully you you've gained a lot of insight by listening to our discussion today and that you are able to see that we need to think about what's happening just in general. General to the industry and the technology and all the opportunities. So we're out of time for this discussion, but we'll always be back with more. So thank you for listening today. And if in the meantime, we want to encourage you to stay up to date with all of the technologies and trends impacting the construction industry by subscribing to our 365 e-newsletter. And you can do that by visiting com slash subscribe. And again, thank you for tuning in to Con Expo, Con Ag Radio. Brought to you by the Association of Equipment Manufacturers.